Welcome to the Total You Wellness Podcast, where we're serving you a plate of total health and wellness. All right, welcome everyone to our Total You Wellness, serving you a plate of Total You Health and Wellness. Today, my name is Alfredo Alberto, Family Community Health Extension Agent with the Cooperative Extension Program in Harris County, Texas, Houston. And with me today is Dr. Crystal Wiltz, Family Community Health Extension Agent for the Cooperative Extension Program in Austin, Texas. Welcome, Dr. Wiltz. Thank you, Alfredo. It's great to be able to talk about LEAD, where we can live well, eat well, and be active with diabetes. Okay, okay. I am excited because um, we wanted to learn, uh, talk a little bit about uh, portion control and the position of American Diabetes Association. Just we're going to open up a little bit with that and then go into some general meal planning um, within the uh, within the presentation. Okay, well, thank you, Alfredo. I want to share uh, about the different types of diabetes. There's type one in which an individual would have to use insulin to help the body cells take up glucose or blood sugar from the blood. And then type two diabetes, which is the most common where the pancreas does not make enough insulin or does not use the insulin proper, properly or both. And then there is gestational diabetes, which can occur during pregnancy. It typically, typically goes away, but it may increase the risk later on in life. So the position of the American Diabetes Association is that for individuals that have diabetes, that they eat a variety of nutrient-dense foods, They also need to be aware of how much they eat or portion sizes. And then some other factors to take into consideration for the individual or your weight, your blood glucose or blood sugar, your blood cholesterol and triglycerides, as well as blood pressure. And that's just so interesting you talk about um, nutrient-dense foods because when I used to Uh, teach uh, health and wellness for the expanded food nutrition education program I would always give my students the picture of um, of a stomach and how it would have those you know how the stomach when it gets the the fast food and then you know the body is just you know just waiting to get some nutrients out of it and then they they keep being you know they keep uh, having you know keep being hungry and it's interesting how that the body is just looking for nutrients, right? Nutrient-dense food to actually feed, you know, vitamins for the eyes, skin, hair, and nails, and things like that. Um, so that's just kind of an interesting uh, thing I wanted to point out there. Absolutely, and, uh, Alfredo. And and you want to avoid the empty calories, which is what you're referring to, those empty calories. Mm, okay. Well, awesome, awesome. So now we... Uh, Tell me a little bit about the general meal planning tips. Well, Alfredo, 
There is not a one size fits all meal planning pattern for people with diabetes. So it's always best to work with your healthcare provider so that he or she can help you develop a plan that's going to work for you. In general, some meal planning tips include spreading your carbohydrates or your starches throughout the course of your day, and then keeping those carbohydrates or starches that you eat to be about the same amount each day. And then you certainly want to avoid skipping meals. Mm, yes, no, we well, no, yeah, we, we have to make sure that our metabolism is being activated so we don't um, miss those meals. It's very important. Um, so, so here we have the two meal planning methods. Uh, why is that important uh, when we talk about diabetes type two? It's important because you want people to feel like they have choices. Um, sometimes individuals may think, I can't eat anything, that everything is off limits, but you want them to see that they can have a variety of choices. And as you had shared earlier, the nutrient dense foods are those things that they should be looking at. So when we look at the plate method, we're looking at dividing our plate to where the majority would be the vegetables and then a fourth would be our starches and then a fourth would be our lean protein. Mm, okay. All right, good. Well, I mean, that looks like a very full plate to me. I mean, I feel full just looking at it. Uh, I mean, just thinking about it as well, um, to have that variety of food on a plate. Absolutely, and I'm so glad that you said that, Alfredo, because it is a lot of food and there is variety in it so that you don't get bored, you don't get um, overwhelmed by having the same thing all the time, and you see that you have variety in your meal choices. Yes, that's always good to have uh, choices and a variety so we don't feel like we're being, um, you know, what's the word? Um, restricted. Restricted. <laughs> Hell yeah. Definitely. Restricted. Whew. Yes. Yes. That is, that is hard. Um, okay. And so tell us uh, a little bit more, a little bit more uh, about the, the plate method. Okay. So the American Diabetes Association uh, recommends that adults with diabetes eat a variety of nutrient dense foods, take into consideration the portion sizes and then also taking into consideration individual preferences. Mm -hmm. And you, Alfredo, spoke about your culture, um, and you take those things into consideration as with any person, whether they have diabetes or not, you want to take into consideration individual preferences, culture, religious belief, traditions, as well as any metabolic goals you may have. There may be a goal to lose weight, there should always be a goal to have your blood glucose or your blood sugar at a level field during the course of your day. Uh, you might want to lower your blood cholesterol and your uh, triglycerides as well as your blood pressure. So those are some of the, the goals that you could have and should be working with on your healthcare provider so that she or, he or she can advise you about that. 
but the plate method is an easy way to plan meals and to keep your carbohydrate intake at the same during your meals. And it's effective for managing diabetes as well as losing weight as some of the other goals that you should have. Uh, your blood sugar, your blood cholesterol, as well as your triglycerides and blood pressure, getting those numbers to where they need to be. Right, right. And, and there's so much uh, peer pressure, I say, within even the, uh, the own, my own culture or, you know, for a certain culture, I would say, because in mine, like I was saying uh, in the last conversation we had, tortillas is a big thing. And if you have it, breakfast, lunch and dinner. And I, my family, my mom always asked me or my dad would say, you want tortillas? And I would always say, no, I just had a preference not to have tortillas and a little bit ostracized, but you know, it's cause it's like, you're supposed to have tortillas in every meal, just like you have what we have called candy bread, which is pan dulce. And that's just a lot of carbs on top of carbs, you know, and it was, it's a bit much, uh, especially when you go to a restaurant, the peer pressure gets high, you know, you get asked either flour or corn. You're like, uh, I don't want either. And you just get that look, you know, but you're trying to maintain yourself to be healthy, you know? So it's uh, definitely good to have that plate method, you know, uh, peer pressure, no peer pressure. So awesome. Well, you're also trying to take into those uh, consideration, those preferences, your culture, as you shared with us, your religious beliefs, traditions, as well as your metabolic goals. So working with your healthcare provider can certainly assist you in that effort. Right, and getting that constant uh, motivation and um, just that, that, you know, the touching bases with the, um, you know, your healthcare provider helps to see, okay, now I can see my numbers or I can follow what they tell me and just such much more, it's really motivating to stay on that Absolutely. path. Absolutely, absolutely. And so tell us, are there any other varieties, um, you know, not just a plate to have my, have a person, you know, for them to stay within that plate method or bowl method? Is there any other methods there for choosing foods? Well, Alfredo, when we talk about the food and the amounts that we eat, you want to be able to use those tools that are going to help you regulate the amount of food that you're going to eat. So as we have evolved through history, we find that we are eating on bigger plates. We have bigger cups, bigger glasses. So everything is bigger and it encourages you to eat more and drink more. So as you are looking to reap the benefits of some of these outcomes that you can have in terms of metabolic goals, you want to start looking at the size of the plate that you're eating. You want to look at the size of the bowl mm -hmm. that you're eating, the size of the glass that you're drinking out of. So look at all of those things. And if you find that those are too big, because your plate really should be about nine inches, a bowl should be about one cup, a small bowl, half of a cup, a glass should be a cup, as well as your juice glass should be half of a cup. And so if it's hard for you to visualize your serving size, then I would encourage you to get measuring cups so that you can measure out the food or the liquids that you're getting ready to eat or drink. And that's an amazing point because sometimes, you know, you're 
you have these big plates at restaurants and you're like, wow, I mean, I I just, you know, want to eat all of that on the plate. And sometimes you don't really start off with, OK, I'm, can I have a to go box now and then eat it later? You just say, hey, I'm ready to go. I've been, I've been waiting. I've been eating all these chips. So that is a very good point to have that in mind um, at home and also on the road. Um, great. And so absolutely. Uh, so ask for that to go box first. <laughs> ask for that to go box first. <laughs> it's practice. It's practice because I've tried and then I've opened that little to go box and I'm like, nah, you know, it's, it's, it takes practice. All right. Um, let's go back a little bit uh, in the day uh, with breakfast. How does our how should our breakfast plate look like? The same considerations being aware and being deliberate in the cup size, the bowl size, and the plate size. So it's recommended that you have your starchy foods on one fourth of the plate and your lean protein on one fourth of the plate for breakfast. Okay, okay. And, and do we have examples of that? Any examples of what that could, might be? Um, those things could be your lean proteins, uh, and again, it depends on your preference. It depends on your preference because you might want to have oatmeal for breakfast and maybe not have um, meats. So a lot of it is really going to depend on your preference. And then, of course, working with your health care provider. I can't stress that enough because one meal plan may not work for another person. And then you don't want to get to the point to where you say, I have no options, so I just won't eat. So work with your health care provider so that he or she can help you with that. And so for breakfast, you can also add a fruit or low fat or fat free milk or yogurt um, to your meal. But you want to have those things that you like and those things that you know that you're going to eat. Yeah, what comes to mind for me is the yogurt parfaits we used to make uh, in our oh, classes yeah. with our adult seniors and our our kids they loved it they loved every time we made that yogurt parfait they always wanted more and we're like guys this is a taste test not lunch but you know <laughs> once you once you do the class and you get into it it's like i want more and it's like uh and no that's problem. a good thing that's a good yeah. thing <laughs> you know you can also use that parfait Alfredo as an afternoon pick me up and then as a dessert. Yes, definitely. Uh, portion size could be considered as well. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, OK, so awesome. So thank you so much for that information. And then uh, so in our in our. You know, fats and beverages at breakfast, what what should be the things that we should limit or maybe just watch out for um, to be taken consideration? You always want to limit the amount of fats as well as the amounts of sugar. Mm. And that's not just for someone who's with uh, who has diabetes, but that's for all of us in terms of our overall eating and health and wellness. You want to limit those things. Um, so you want to make selections that are going to be good for you. So you want to use those low calorie, low sugar, um, limiting your fat, limiting your fried foods, 
all of those things as a part of a lifestyle change now, Fred. And that's basically what it is. It's developing a lifestyle change. And those things that you know that you can continue to do and do them consistently. Right. And you had an amazing point there because when I would teach this, uh, I would teach basic nutrition education, I would say, okay, you, you hear about so many diets and that's that's cool and great, especially the ones that come from your healthcare provider <laughs> to follow that to the T uh, for your goals, of course. Uh, but then when I would mention the lifestyle, it's like when I get them to think about, okay, let's, let's start thinking lifestyle. This is how you eat, not just for a short period of time, but how you eat today, tomorrow, and then maybe a year from now, uh, depending on the, what your healthcare provider would provide, would recommend, of course. And so that's where I would actually get my students to get to that notion of just, just think about it this way. Instead of a short term, it would be more so long term instead of saying it that way. You know, it's a lifestyle change. And so what, what do we look for um, in lunch, in our dinner, plate? How would, what would that look like on our plate? Again, when we're looking at lunch and dinner, we want to put the non-starchy vegetables on half of the plate. So non-starchy vegetables, then your starch, a fourth of the plate, and your protein, a fourth of the plate. And those things could be uh, asparagus, tomatoes, broccoli, um, eggplant, cucumbers, again, things that you like and things that you know that you're going to eat. Mm, Variety good. is key, Alfredo. Variety is key. Variety is key because that, that's, that's what keeps me going as well. Um, okay, and then so what, what are some of the starchy examples that we can like have for lunch or, or for dinner? Again, it's going to depend on the individual and their preferences. So you want to encourage a variety of fruits and vegetables so that you don't get bored. So again, looking at a fourth of the plate for the starchy foods, and those could be your vegetables. And then don't forget beans. Don't forget your beans and your lentils and your peas because they're going to be very filling and then they are going to allow you to include that with your lunch or your dinner. And it might be um, when you eat your beans that you don't need to have meat on those days. So you can go meatless. Meatless. So that's uh, yes. Okay. And of course, that's because of our protein. That's a great uh, transition point. Um, yes. So in talking about protein, um, what other uh, examples that we may have for the, the, the protein for lunch and dinner. Oh, your protein can also include cheese. Mm -hmm. It could include the beans that we just talked about, the lentils. Um, you can also just have sardines and broccoli is also a source of protein. So there are a variety of things. And I would just want our audience to know that don't don't reduce your preferences to a limited number of things. Try some things, and I would encourage you to try new recipes and uh, do meatless Mondays and try a variety of things so that your taste buds are always active and always looking forward to uh, that next meal. 
Man, I'm, that's, yes, I'm, I'm already getting hungry. Okay, uh, <laughs> definitely. That that is that is a good variety of meals there, and uh, all right. Yeah, I, I remember um, when you mentioned uh, anchovies. You said right. Um, I think you just did. <laughs> okay, maybe me. I just think I'm hungry. I'm sorry. That's just what happens. But I remember I used to work at a pizza hut, and man, when I made that pizza, and my mom actually she actually ordered it. I mean, it just the aroma just you know took hold of the entire restaurant. Sure, so sure. just made me go to that memory for some reason. But uh, and I'm glad about, you did that, uh, Alfredo, because spices are very very important because you're looking for taste, texture, <laughs> and flavor. So add spices to your food: anchovies, jalapeno peppers, uh, cilantro, chives, all of those things. Add those to your meals so that you'll get those different flavors and textures. Yes, definitely. Definitely. That's awesome point. Um, so now we have just we've discussed breakfast. We've discussed lunch. We've discussed dinner. Um, anything we can say about or have for our snacks or desserts, the good stuff for, you know. <laughs> well, again, you want to look at your fruits and vegetables. Because sometimes we overlook the fact that, you know, you can still have vegetables and those could be very good for you. And um, you can have that. You don't always have to have it designated with the meal. So sometimes you may want to have your carrots with um, um, hummus or whole wheat crackers with hummus, uh, different things, an apple, bananas. Um, but again, Depending upon your health care issues, what may be suitable for one person with diabetes may not necessarily be suitable for you. So I would encourage you to work with your health care provider. And when you and that individual come to an agreement about the snacks that you could have, you still need to do that in moderation. So you always need to be conscious of portion. Always. Always, yes, a very important point about portion control. Because if we're we're being mindful of all these uh, the foods that we're eating and maintaining uh, a healthy, you know, lifestyle, I would say, um, it's and then in the snacking, it's not so make it a meal, but make it a snack, so make it light. So that's uh, an amazing point. Um, so we have come to close to the end for our presentation today. Uh, is there anything else that you would like to leave us with for our final word? Variety. Check with your health care provider so that you and that individual can plan what's going to be the best meal planning options for you. Be conscious of portion control and be aware that snacks are bridged from one meal to the other. <laughs> and eat healthy and stay healthy. There we go. And yes, they are a bridge, uh, not a meal. So I appreciate that. Uh, keep that in mind for myself. So you guys, so next week, um, we more will be going over helpful food choices, uh, identifying more recipes and physical activity. And I would like to thank uh, Dr. Crystal Welch for being with us today. And we will see you next time for another serving of Total You Health and Wellness. You guys have a great time. Until next time, thank you very much, and we'll see you, listen to you soon. All right, have a good one, guys.